I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. What's going on? This is Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed. I said give me a hell yeah! Hey, this is Zeta Zay. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte. Talent is not sexually transmitted. You need to go back to the drawing board because your game absolutely sucks! Hey, everyone, this is Jeff Cobb. I'm Lewis Howley. I'm Sam Spoker. We are pretty deadly. Yes, boy. Yes, boy. Hello, my name is Zina Dragunov, the star, the NXT UK champion, and you are listening to the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. You are listening to the longest-running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Stan C, Romaran, Chino Liao, and Rowan the SHIT all complete once again and... We're here to bring another audio-only exclusive for our listeners on Spotify and whatever other podcatchers you may have us on. Uh, to everybody who's been subscribing and leaving us those sweet, sweet five-star ratings on Spotify, thank you very much. And if you haven't yet, what are you waiting for? We're actually giving away a prize courtesy of our friends from Mega, as in the cloud storage site, and Machong Chismisan. And if you want to know what that's all about, Go ahead and give us a five-star rating and check it out on facebook.com slash wrestling wrestling podcast. Like I said, it's an audio-only episode and we've got another listicle for you, which we'll talk about in a bit. But first, here's a way for you to support the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, and it's by being a patron of the pod. Right, guys. So as you know, the Royal Rumble 2022 premium live event, as we're calling it now, is happening in a couple of weeks as you hear this. So a couple of weekends. So if you want to join us for a watch party, all you got to do is sign up for our Patreon, patreon.com slash wrestling wrestling podcast for as low as 250 pesos a month to get access to our Discord server where we talk about wrestling. You get access to our pasabais uh, from uh, sites online uh, overseas. Uh, I've I've seen a lot of people request to be on our pasabais that have, they've seen what they can get or what we got. So if you want to join all of that and get exclusive review content of uh, the weekly television shows ahead of our wrestling talk live streams every Thursday, all you got to do again is to subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash wrestling wrestling podcast for as low as 250 pesos a month. That's super cheap. One more plug before we get to this week's audio-only topic, and that is for you to be able to protect your online activity and your devices with a NordVPN subscription. Not just that, you also get exclusive access, or not, uh, not exclusive, but access to content you may not normally get from here in the Philippines. All you got to do is subscribe to a uh, NordVPN subscription. Use our affiliate link, podlink.co slash 476 
podlinks.co slash the number 476. It will take you to the NordVPN store page where you can sign up for a two-year and four-month subscription to NordVPN for only $89 US dollars because you are a loyal listener of the podcast. Really sulit nila all right, so the topic natin for this week was actually suggested by Rowan, the SHIT, and he wanted us to rank the NXT Cruiserweight Champions. So for the purposes of our listicle here, we're only going to be ranking the Cruiserweight Champions from the Cruiserweight Classic in 2016 until the title unification just a couple of weeks ago on NXT 2.0. So Rowan, why did you want to talk about the Cruiserweight Champions and the division in general? Well, the Cruiserweight division means a lot to me, and ever since 2016, Medyo nakakasawa yung WWE that time and paulit-ulit lang yung matches and storyline. When the inaugural Cruiserweight Classic Tournament was announced, I found it so amusing and parang makaka-relate rin ako sa inyo who were ruthless aggression fans who nakaabot kayo ng Cruiserweight division. And for me, I, I, can, I can tell my own story on how I, kung paano ko napanood ng Cruiserweight division in right, this day. Right. Okay. Yeah. What was it about the division that spoke to you? Is it the fact that these were wrestlers who weren't that much bigger than you yourself? Yeah, pretty much. And it kind of inspired me that they have their uh, strict weight limit of 205 pounds and under. Kind of inspired me to lose weight. Pero, well, I, I, I got to embrace my heavyweight self now. <laughs> okay. I mean, you know, body positivity is a thing. So, yeah, sure. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna judge you for anything. I mean, I mean, by the end of the cruiserweight championship run, it was being defended against Joe Gacy. So I'm guessing you could have been a cruiserweight division competitor. Oh my! If you really wanted to, deba. But uh, I don't know if you know this, Rowan. Uh, back in the days of the ruthless aggression era, the cruiserweight division actually went all the way up to 220, even 225 for some champions. Yeah, so yeah. may mga wrestlers, which, which really is a, a thinker here. Because if you go all the way back to the early days of the WWE, wrestlers like Shawn Michaels were billed as 220. Diba? So, ibig cruiserweight si Shawn Michaels, diba? cruiserweight si Benoit, cruiserweight si Eddie in, in, that, in that regard. So, it's interesting that they, they not only lessened the weight limit for this era of the cruiserweight division, but they lessened it by quite a lot. Not a lot of wrestlers are under 205 pounds. You mean, uh, yeah, because remember um, when steroids went out of vogue in WWE, uh, performance enhancing uh, uh, medication went out of vogue, people got smaller. So people were at a more normal, quote unquote, weight. And because of that, siempre, marami ng under 220. So if uh, if Dino Bryan debuted for the WWE today, uh, he would have easily been in the cruiserweight division. And I was waiting for that to happen. So it's only normal, I guess. And it goes to show you where the trends of uh, body image in the WWE and, and wrestling are at the moment, um, you know, as compared to 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. Um, Chino, you mentioned Eddie Guerrero, diba? He was in the cruiserweight division of WCW in the 90s, diba? Kasama niya si oh, Mysterio, si Chris Jericho. Um, someone like Matt Hardy was actually cruiserweight champion in the yeah. old era. 
Diba? Nung ruthless aggression. So when you contrast yung cruiserweight division nung 90s and early 2000s to what we got from 2016 to 2022, it's really night and day in terms of body image as as Roe brought up. So Rowan, if you have the time, I hope you can go back on the network and check out all that stuff. Because uh, you know, you, you'll probably find a lot of similarities, but also a lot of aesthetic differences between both eras. Yo. Exactly, exactly. But uh, the um, the idea was more of the same. Like um, the cruiserweight classic era was uh, imagined as a quote unquote work rate uh, division. So it's more that's why the original cruiserweight division from 03 on or 02 onwards was also popular because they were the faster wrestlers of the time. And talagang they, they made an effort to bring this back. But in the modern era, though, the two heavyweight and cruiserweight styles were kind of the same now. So you didn't really get that much of a difference. But the idea is there, and I appreciate the idea. Yeah, as long as the spirit was alive naman when they revived it back in the days of the cruiserweight classic. So, okay, let's talk about that, the CWC, because we were already doing the podcast, at least Kamini Row, when the CWC became a thing. And I remember at the time, we were so excited because they were bringing in all these different names from outside WWE. Your Kota Ibushis, Zack Sabre Jr., Mascara Dorada, who would uh, go on to become Grand Metalik, uh, TJP, right? Um... Uh, Gargano and Ciampa weren't regulars yet at the time, so that was also a big deal that they were part of that roster. So uh, w- what else do you remember from that Cruiserweight Classic when we were covering it back then? Uh, I just I just really thought it was really fun because it, it was pretty much the first Forbidden Door thing that happened in mainstream wrestling. Because you got Zack Sabre and Kota Ibushi. They were literally working in New Japan. ZSG um, not as much yet, but... Uh, he was on the way and they literally plucked Ibushi from New Japan. So it was pretty huge and a lot of it, it made a lot of noise, a lot of buzz in the industry because of how um, wide reaching it was. And I can't believe it was already five years ago when we podcast about the time. Yeah, we were like two years into the pod at that point. Ikao Chino, what do you remember from that time when the Cruiserweight Classic came around? Um, I, I remember TJP winning it for the very first time. Uh, it was interesting because I don't think anybody had him winning it, especially against such killers like Kota Ibushi and ZSJ. TJP at the time was still pretty well accomplished. It was it was still a pretty wild card victory for him. I guess we put on our smart caps and found out that Kota Ibushi didn't really want to sign in the WWE. And yes, that might have had something to do with it, booking-wise. But at the end of the day, we all cheered for TJP when he won. We yeah. all didn't expect him to make it all the way. And as a nation, we all celebrated that victory. Yeah, um, I remember when we were doing our own version of bracketology on the pod. I think we predicted ZSJ versus Ibushi in the finals because sakto magkabilang bracket talaga sila, and none of us had TJP win the whole thing but when I was talking to American wrestling friends all of them actually thought that TJP was the predictable winner just because of his cred sa indie scene at the time so it, it, it's pretty interesting how we looked at it versus how they looked at it then I'm gonna throw to Rowan here what do you remember about the Cruiserweight Classic were you actually um, uh, keep keeping tabs on this as it happened? I wanted to do a crab mentality joke by the way Actually, same story than the Chino. Na it's because of TJP when he won the entire tournament. 
hindi mo siya may expect na siya, hindi mo may expect na siya yung mananalo because he's the only guy who's representing the Philippines. Sobrang, ano, wildcard victory talaga. Yeah, uh, Rowan and Chino were right kasi uh, for me, Ibushi was the biggest star on that, ano, on that uh, entire bracket. So, it was really him. And it was only medyo obvious na uh, man- baka manalo si TJ nung semifinals ha, when they were able to get in the semifinals. And that was the finals, na, syempre, kasi na-eliminate na si ZSJ and si Ibushi at that point. Eh. So you can tell that when we had a finals without the two biggest names on the bracket, um, it was really because they, uh, they being ZSJ and uh, Ibushi, did not sign with WWE full-time, diba? So I get it. Um, I, get the, I get why we didn't do it, because... Um, before WWE, only a relative few fans uh, really know about knew about TJP. Um, he wasn't a, a household name just yet. It was it really took the machinery of WWE to catapult him into fame. Yeah, uh, I remember that semifinal match in particular. It was TJ versus Ibushi, diba? And when Ibushi lost, that was a huge moment for me as a fan. Parang, whoa, what the hell happened here? Uh, so I think that's really when it began to shift, uh, at least in my perspective. So um, from the Cruiserweight Classic, the division uh, slowly had its own life, diba? Uh, they, they, a lot of them got signed. They started appearing on Raw. Then a few months after that, debut itong 205 Live. And... 205 Live still exists, even though the Cruiserweight Championship and with it, uh, presumably the division, isn't really much of a presence anymore. And Ro, I know that you covered 205 Live on Smart Henry, so do you have any feelings about um, 205 Live as a show, like as it stands today? As it stands today, Shemper, it's not the same thing. So that's why I actually stopped covering it last year. Uh, I could tell that it was going out of the wayside, especially when they pretty much gutted the cruiserweight division in NXT. Um, when they released guys like Tony Nese, Arya Davari, uh, August Gray, um, Sina, the other people, like Kurt Stallion, those guys, I knew that the time was up. It was finally over and it went out with a whimper. It was a glimmer of hope when Kushida won the thing and they said that they were going to focus on the cruiserweight division on NXT, but that didn't really happen as much. Um, the championship itself was defended on NXT and not 205 Live, and that's where you can tell that 205 Live, the show, wasn't as important anymore. But back when it was uh, a thing, back when it was taped after SmackDown, uh, back when it was uh, pretty much an extension of the main roster, the, the red-headed, step, the purple-headed stepchild of the main roster, you can tell that they were really wanting to do something with it, but then they lost their way. So I liked it because it was still different. It was still an avenue for the cruiserweights to get their shit in and to put out good matches, even though not everyone watched these good matches. But um, it was really an afterthought, and it was really for the more hardcore fans who were willing to devote some time away from, uh, you know, on top of the Raw and SmackDown hours every week to watch these guys. And that was not a lot. Since you were the guy who was really stomping for the cruiserweights, especially in our circle of friends, uh, how did you feel that we never got a second cruiserweight classic? Um, I, I, I want to share this story lang because, you know, um, I, I guess we can now that there is no cruiserweight classic anymore. There was a time when you told me, Ro, that one of your wrestling goals was to actually be in the cruiserweight classic <laughs> by like 2017 or 2018. 
Um, we have before we talk about that, we have to preface that by saying that Triple H did actually want to do like an annual cruiserweight classic. So he wanted it to be like AEW, the may win loss records. Now it it played out like a real sport. And then somewhere along the way, Vince got control of the cruiserweights and tried to add them on Raw. And then as the story goes, according to Tony Nese, I believe, um, Triple H didn't want to do anything with the cruiserweights on 205 Live anymore until they arrived back in NXT. So, and by the time that happened, I, I, I don't know. I actually forgot about that goal until you mentioned it right now. So, what's um, uh I guess um, I wasn't ready for it anyway, and it wouldn't have bothered me that it didn't happen. Because I mean, it it never was going to be in the cards anymore, so it's okay. I kind of accepted that there wasn't going to be a second cruiserweight classic the moment like they arrived on Raw and they became part of the main roster, if only for a while. Yeah, sayang yun because um, personally, I was a huge fan of the Cruiserweight Classic. As you know, I love tournaments in wrestling. So every t- and in any time you'd have like 32 competitors, at the representing different countries, different nations. It always popped me. So sayang lang na we never got a second Cruiserweight Classic, uh, regardless if we had any other Filipinos in the tournament or not. So, okay, uh, what we're going to do next is we're going to be ranking the NXT Cruiserweight Champions. Um, there are 17 names, even though in the title's history, there were uh, 20 champions. So some of them had two reigns, but we're going to talk about the individuals. Lang. And as always, with any ranking, we're going to do everything from the bottom all the way to the top. All right. Uh, but before we get there, we're going to be uh, telling you about a couple of ways that you can support the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. And one of them is through your online shopping with our friends over on Lazada. Alright guys, so as you know, there's always a sale on Lazada every every now and then. So if you want anything, if you need to get anything you want and need, hashtag NASA Lazada. And all you got to do to support the podcast through your online shopping is to use our affiliate link, podlink.co slash IAM. Podlink.co slash letters IAM. Type that in your mobile browser at the cart and check out from the mobile Lazada app. And what you buy will help us do what we do here on the podcast at no extra cost to you. And now a quick break to hear from our other podcasts on Podcast Network Asia. Are you a big sports fan? If so, make sure to listen to Off the Record with me, Mix Bustos. Together, we'll get up close and personal with the biggest names in the sports industry. Check it out after listening to this episode. Off the Record is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other major podcast platforms thanks to Podcast Network Asia. Catch you guys on my show. All right, let's get to our list. We're starting at the bottom, number 17. We have Akira Tozawa. So, bakit siyang nasa pinaka-ilalim ng list natin? Okay, Akira Tozawa is a great wrestler, as you guys all know. You've seen him in the Cruiserweight Classic. That's where I first fell in love with him. But he is at the very bottom of this list. Because I legitimately legitimately forgot he was Cruiserweight Champion. And this was around the time where uh, Kenta, or as you knew him before, Hideo Itami uh, was on the 205 Live uh, in the cruiserweight division back then. And I legitimately forgot. Nah, no, that was how that was how unremarkable Tazawa's run as cruiserweight champion was. It, it wasn't like he wasn't in, he was injured or anything. I just did not remember that he won the championship. Yeah, it was a very quick run, six days long, if I recall correctly. Like, he won it on the Raw before SummerSlam 2017 against Neville, then lost it right back uh, the very next week. 
Then didn't he do there. didn't he do a thing with Titus O'Neil? That's how he yeah, wanted Titus to worldwide. Yeah, the yes, yes. And then yes, and then for right. some reason he became a ninja. So, yeah. no, no, no. He became only... a ninja until the 24-7 division. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've skipped, skipped a few years in between. And oh. then he aligned himself with Hideo Itami in 2018. Yeah. The, the, the and then they feuded, yeah. yeah. I, actually, I, I don't even remember that part. I actually think he uh, yung monster heel run ni Neville. It's sayang lang. Then the ending is also title change on SummerSlam. I think it's unnecessary. No, it didn't even result in a title change at SummerSlam. So Raw nangyari yung title change on the Go Home Show, and then at SummerSlam, nabalik lang kay Neville yung championship. Yeah, yeah. As, that's what Rowan means. That it dun nangyari yung ano? Yung right. Balik. Okay. Now I remember. See. Yeah, I vaguely remember this, and yes, now yes, yes, it yes. took Rowan's uh, uh, recounting to make me to remind me of that particular championship run. But yes, really unremarkable. That was really bad. Thank you, Stat Guy Rowan, the SHIT. All right, let's get to name number 16, the Brian Kendrick. Okay, ito naalala ko pa. It was uh, the early it was he was the champion after TJP if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Rowan yeah. am I right? Yep, correct, correct. Right, right. So, it didn't also last long. I knew that he dropped it to Rich Swan uh not long after and it was one of those things. Okay. It was probably like a thank you run to TBK for being a reliable veteran of the company. I what do you actually... think of you know, Brian Kendrick as like the cruiserweight heel veteran? Okay, no, man. Um, bagay siya kasi he played the part well. Like he really toned down his uh, prior, previous high flying gimmick. Uh, Rowan, if you didn't know, the Brian Kendrick used to be a high flyer, and now he wasn't, and that was a really nice shift. So I really liked it because it's a I'm actually a fan of the Brian Kendrick from all the way in his tag team with Paul London. It's funny because yes. we were talking about how the cruiserweight division was shifting from 2016 all the way to its earlier iterations. Brian Kendrick and Paul London were heavyweight tag team champions. They were not large dudes, pero kalaban nila bigger guys. But like, uh, Joey Mercury and John Morrison at the time. So it's to, to even have them against guys like Kendrick and London, it just, just goes to show the depth of roster they had even from back then. And to have the Brian Kendrick show up now in this iteration of the cruiserweight division also just shows what a good hand and what a professional uh, the Brian Kendrick is. I've, I've listened to a lot of his interviews about how he breaks down how he teaches his students wrestling, and it's just very, very insightful on his end. To say he's really just a student of the sport. I really appreciate the fact that Brian Kendrick was in both cruiserweight divisions, the ruthless aggression era and the new modern era. Even though he never really held the, the title back in the day, but like this was really his only uh, cruiserweight championship. So you know, I, I just want to put it put that out there that TBK has that very rare distinction. All right, let's get to name number 15, Tony Nese. Uh, this one's pretty special to me because I was there when Tony Nese won the title from Buddy Murphy uh, at the WrestleMania 35 kickoff. And then I also was uh, able to catch you match now with Buddy Murphy at 205 Live a couple of days later, which was even better than the WrestleMania match. Yeah, um, they have more time on 205 Live for sure. But this one was a failed experiment. Like they wanted to push Tony Nese, but it was like, uh, months after his peak, after he should have won the championship, 
which is fair because Buddy Murphy was a really good champion. And um, it just didn't work out. And it was pretty obvious when they took the title off him pretty quickly. Uh, I believe it was to Angel Garza or Leo Rush. Uh, Rowan, do you remember who Tony dropped it to? Uh, Drew Gulak. Drew Gulak. Right. Yes, 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 yes. That's right. They I'm finally not, not. pushed Drew Gulak. So must deserving to Drew Gulak at the time. And it was just, he was just undeniable at that point. I remember Drew Gulak being um, overhauled and given a finally serious gimmick. He, he was the next Neville. And he was just more undeniable as a cruiserweight champion than Tony Nese at that point. So, sobrang sayang ng nangyari kay Tony Nese. Yeah, uh, Tony Nese though, uh, now in AEW, I, I, uh, he's still basically the same guy diba, in terms of his in-ring style. Like, he never really changed it, uh-huh. uh, whether he was in the cruiserweight division or not. Nagbibilang pa rin siya ng abs. Which I love, by the way. I always pop for that. It reasons. Yeah. I actually think, ano, sobrang forgettable ng run na to. Uh, and to be fair, wala na rin nanonood ng 205 Live that much. Uh, they uh, decreasing yung ratings are decreasing it, it decreased well, they, could, they didn't have ratings so they were on the WWE network dude ah, sa bagay hindi <laughs> no, naman public yung stats ng viewership ng network eh, so we couldn't really say yeah pero parang wala nang ano nagpa-pop for 205 live at that point yeah that's true but that's always been the problem with the time slot of the show I actually th- another thing I think ano parang feel good moment lang for the New York crowd yung panalis yes, that's right tama diba yeah. so kaya parang forgettable din talaga siya also nasa pre-show siya well you know the cruiserweight championship for the most part really was on the kickoff and um I I don't know I I don't want to say na it was totally indicative of the division I I just don't want to you know crap on anyone being on the kickoff show you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it is what it is, and um, you, if you're there, if you're part of the kickoff, you may like it, you may not, because it tells you where you are on the totem pole. But it's still a, it's still a, you know, it's still a day's work. Still oh, a day's job. Oh, di ba? Tsaka pag nasa kick-off ka, tapos ka na, maaga pa lang. So, mga, yeah. makakaligo ka na, makakapagbis oh, ka na. Oh, you can... Na. Yeah, you, you can unless they need you to dress up as a ninja or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, Rowan. I mean, Rowan, we loved it when we were up first. <laughs> Relax na kami for the rest of the show, man. Yeah. Okay. Moving on, moving on. Let's talk about Rich Swan, whose championship began, or championship reign rather, began nung premiere ng 205 Live. So, that was the watershed moment, supposedly. Yeah, and then if I remember correctly, he got injured, diba? Uh Is this right, uh, Rowan? Is that right? I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Besides, but he did lose it pretty quick. I think he lost it to, to Neville. Neville. Yes, he lost. Yeah, so it I don't Neville. remember the injury. Ang nalala ko parang there was like a controversy with yes, Young at the time. that's what I remember. He's after oh, yes, allegations. Yeah, yeah he should yeah, yeah, the, to the wrestlers on the Young. Yeah, the domestic violence allegation. The well, it wasn't an allegation because it was true, but then they pat they made they made up and then now they're okay again. But yeah, that was a time when it was bad and then he was quickly let go. So it wasn't a long and memorable reign, but it was still pretty memorable because uh, a lot of people pulled for Rich Swan at the time. They were uh, a lot of people were, were Rich Swan fans, which was um pretty much the peak of his career. I think. Nanjanarin yung journey niya, like he lost his parents at a very young age. Uh, kaya naging emotionally invested lahat tayo. And then when he won the Cruiserweight Championship, everyone was rejoicing. And I think he had a second title run slated at him. 
Pero hindi siya natuloy kasi nga yun sa domestic uh, abuse violation niya. It's not a violation. It's an allegation. So. No, it's not an allegation. It's true. It's proven. It was yeah. proven. Um, police oh, see, reports have come out. Um, but fortunately for Rich, he was able to turn his life around. And now he's a former Impact World Champion, right? Yeah. He fought Kenny Omega, right? He now That's has right. he, he now has killer danceable music, right? I I feel like the Rich One's 205 music was still the best uh, music for all of all that group. But I mean, I just like you just love to see guys turn their shit around, right? When the going gets tough, and Rich One's just like a perfect example of that. All right. Name number uh, 13 on our list of best NXT Cruiserweight champions is Kushida. So I would have expected him to be higher on the list, to be honest. Uh, Kushida didn't get to do much because he was injured for a lot of his reign. Um, so I and, and the competition up top is pretty stiff. So uh, I don't really remember much of Kushida's run. I believe he only had, what, one or two defenses, and one of them was against... Three, yeah, three. Uh, so it the last one was against Roderick Strong, which uh, which he lost, right? So it wasn't much, but it was pretty good because it was the time where the where NXT was treating the cruiserweight championship seriously, and uh, I he gets to say that he was the herald of that. He got to elevate the championship a little more um, after its history as being the uh, the weird. Hour after SmackDown, it was actually Escobar, right? Yes, yeah. yes. I I also feel like Kushida walking away with the cruiserweight title was a consolation prize after he couldn't beat Johnny Gargano for the North American title uh, on yeah. that one thing. Oh, yeah, yes, he he deserved it, but then at the same time, I rather he would have won the North American Championship. Say, he's already been an established cruiserweight or in New Japan terms junior heavyweight when he was with New Japan right? that's where I knew him from right? yeah. and watching Kushida as a junior heavyweight was just astonishing so to carry him over is that in that term onto WWE's shores was for me felt like putting him in that same uh, category that same box and I kind of wanted him to, to go or to grow out of it a little bit more but I mean we got what we got out of Kushida and he's still with NXT and he's still and now he gets to put on crazy jackets with Ikemenjiro you know and doing their own thing uh, I'm glad you mentioned Chino yung uh, history ni Kushida with New Japan as one of the faces of its junior heavyweight division because like you you did your first exposure to Kushida's work so Rowan were you familiar with this side of Kushida? Actually, indeed. The only match that I saw from him was his last match. Was his last match at Wrestle Kingdom? Yung entrance niya yung may bata na ano. Yeah, his, uh, that's his kid. Oh, the, oh the, the, that was his kid. All right. Yeah. Pero yeah. In, in this title reign, parang di ko rin siya maalala because he def- only defended it three times and he was inactive for two months. Ang naalala ko lang he lost it to Roderick Strong and now he's teaming up with Ikemenjiro. Right. I, right. I hope uh, this is not part. Of, uh, uh, off topic, but I hope they win the Dusty Cup. Okay. Uh, you know, with, with Kushida, I kind of wanted him to give the cruiserweight division and the title yung credibility, I guess, that 
uh, th- that same credibility that New Japan has for their junior heavyweight division. I guess that's why I had such high hopes for Kushida in the division and you know for his championship run. But yeah, you know, I-, I guess tamanga. Now that you reminded me, now he didn't really get to have many defenses and that he was really injured for uh, a majority of that period. I I get why he's at this spot in our rankings. Yeah, Yunya, um, you mentioned that uh, they were going to make it as big as a junior heavyweight championship. Uh, they really were apparently going to make it a big deal, the Cruiserweight Championship. And that's why Kushida and Roderick Strong were uh, were, uh, no, were champions. So, because of NXT 2.0. And now there's no Cruiserweight division. And now it's to be unified with the North American Championship. So, yeah. All right. Okay, next name on the list, Angel Garza. All right, why is he at number 12? Okay, this was really promising. Um, this was at the time where Angel was really rising up the cruiserweight division. I, I remember saying that he was the next coming of Eddie Guerrero. That's how good he was. And it was cut short because Vince McMahon liked him so much that he, they called him up to Raw, right? to work with Andrade. Yeah. Right? So if they didn't call him up, it would have been a great run, I believe, on NXT. And... Uh, maybe it could have been lower, I think, but considering who's on top and then who else is at the bottom, it, I guess Padinarin as a mid championship run. Yeah, uh, Angel's run didn't last very long. If I remember, it's like a month or two months until he lost it to, I believe it was Jordan Devlin. Yes. 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 They didn't give him time to do anything with the title. That's what I remember from his run. Parang championship and then over a month or so. And I felt like he, he was called up a little too quickly at that time. So he could still could have done a lot more things as an NXT wrestler and as a cruiserweight champion. Yeah, he was really called up too soon. But uh, he was called up too soon because he, they thought he was good. And we all thought he was good. And then the follow through did not uh, you know, work out well for him. Any thoughts, Rowan, on Angel Garza? Actually, bumilib na ako sa kanya ever since he was on the breakout tournament before he, he even won the cruiserweight title. Yes. Uh, pa- parang yun nga, dun ko napansin na, oh, pwede, pwede nga siyang next Eddie Guerrero. And then yun nga, uh, he, he eventually won the cruiserweight title. And then yun, he got called up. His, his reign was unexpected and forgettable. Yun lang masasabi ko. All right. Let's move on to number 11 as we approach the midway point of our list. Roderick Strong, the uh, penultimate cruiserweight champion in this iteration. So, why 11 lang si Roddy? Uh, well, because it, the, the cruiserweight division was dying when he got the championship. Uh, he was pretty good. He was like the best uh, cruiserweight championship of this particular era. I yeah, mean, I love the, Roddy not, as champion. Not not the entire 2016 to 2022 era, but rather the NXT Cruiserweight Championship era. Because he really uh, defined that as a main event or possibly main event championship. And if he had you know, other Cruiserweight Championship contenders on the same caliber as Kushida, he would have done a lot of good things with it. But no, uh, they gutted the division when he was champ. He had to defend it against uh, Joe Gacy, who is not obviously a cruiserweight. Obviously, obviously um, Jones like challenged in. Uh, no, I think he just. No, that was just a match. Yeah, that was. Yeah, just yeah a it was match. a non title match. But yun nga, yun nga yung um, indicator that things were going south. Yeah. That they were feeding him heavyweights instead of other cruiserweights. It, it, uh, inclusivity and. 
it was a last ditch effort on their part, I feel like, when they put yeah. the title on Roderick Strong, hoping that Roderick Strong could actually do something with it. But the cost was too far lost at this no, point. No, no. Uh, to be fair, uh, when they put it on Strong, they still had some cruiserweights like uh, Sinaikim and Jiro. But, but then, uh, no, like, yung, ano. yeah, but at the same time, the body still needed like credible contenders against yeah. Roderick Strong. Yeah. You know, playing Kushida Strong along forever. Uh, I mean, they had Grayson Waller, he was actually in the division for a while, yeah. yeah. And then, and then they, they decided to really do it, yeah, they didn't really do anything with, with, with it. Diba? They hoped that Roddy would be able to carry it on his own, but even Roddy can't do that on his own. They still needed to build a division around him, which they probably didn't want to do anymore. And so at the end of the day, the division went in space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's actually yeah. it. Um, that's actually it, what Chino said. Uh, at that point, they wanted to treat the cruiserweights as heavyweights. That's why Sina Santos Escobar was moving up, right? That's mm. why Ikimanjiro was suddenly a, in a tag team, right? That's uh, pretty much... Uh, they gave up on cruiserweights being cruiserweights and they just wanted them to be part of the heavyweight division, just smaller. I want to go back to something you said earlier, Ro, which uh, I appreciated about Roddy's run, which was it really felt like a main event title when Roddy had it. And I think that a big part of it was the presentation of Diamond Mine. And even you knew he looked strong. He looked leaner, he cut weight, uh, the buzz cut, kind of like what, what Trent did. Uh, so w- what did you think, Rowan? Did you think that being part of Diamond Mine actually helped give him that credibility? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the impression uh, with that presentation, na para siyang, he's entering the arena as if he's in UFC. Parang ganun. Okay, so like an MMA fight. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Exactly. And I think, mas bumili ba ako sa kanya kasi parang he's better off without the Undisputed Era now that he's a single star again. And when he lost the Cruiserweight title, I hope he can win the NXT Championship para siya lang yung, or siya yung maging first Grand Slam champion ng NXT. All right. Uh, I'm not sure if they count the cruiserweight championship in a Grand Slam. I they only count the ano, North American the tags and the main one. But yeah, uh, th- he he would have that distinction if he actually goes on to win the NXT championship. Hopefully, uh, we, we see that happen sooner than later. All right. Uh, before we round out itong uh, first half natin on, on the list, we got to talk about TJP. He's at number 10, first ever cruiserweight champion. And um, why is he just here at the midpoint of our list, row? Yeah, he's historic for bringing back the Cruiserweight Championship. Well, Triple H brought it back. He was the first Cruiserweight Champion back. But remember, um, after the Cruiserweight Classic, the Cruiserweights were in limbo. And 205 Live wouldn't start until a few months after the Cruiserweight Classic wrapped up in July, I believe, uh, around that time. So uh, 205 Live started in December 2016. And... Until then, there was nothing for TJ to do. So he didn't really have a good run at all. So he just has a dis- the distinction of being the first cruise- modern cruiserweight champion, but not much else. So I can't put him any higher than this. I remember when TJ was champion, he had like one or two matches on a pay-per-view card uh, where he was actually defending the championship. Because by then, they were a fixture on Raw. So, wala pang 205 Live, diba? So, there was like a dedicated segment talaga for the cruiserweights. Yes. And then, this was also around the time, diba? Na parang, I think the third hour of Raw was supposed to be for the cruiserweights or something like that? No, not the, not the whole third hour. But like, 
like a 15 minute segment, I believe. Something like that. I, I remember I remember what you're talking about. Like there is this dedicated segment. I know they had their token cruiserweight segment of the week. Yeah, tapos they would change the color of the ropes yeah, and then yeah. yung apron, di ba, nagpapalitin ng kulay, may, may design pa and everything. So, sobrang, yeah. Uh, oh, sobrang hassle ng sa production oh, crew. Eh, exactly. No? The middle <laughs> of the fucking the real live MVP. show. They have to change the ropes. Tapos commercial break lang yung pahinga mo, di ba? Like, what's the point, man? I stress ko nga, I stress. But yeah, uh, TJP uh, at number 10 on our list of NXT Cruiserweight Champions. So that's it. Uh, we're going to round out the first half right there. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the upper half of our list of Cruiserweight Champions. But before we get to that, let's tell you about another way you can support the podcast through your online shopping over on Shopee. Right, guys. So also on Shopee, there are sales every now and then. So if you're listening to this soon, uh, there will be another sale possibly. And you can take advantage of that by getting what you want and need. So all you got to do to support the podcast on uh, Shopee is to use our affiliate link, podlink.co slash W9X, podlink.co slash the letter W, the number 9, and the letter X. Type that in your mobile browser at the cart and check out from the app. And what you buy will help us do what we do here in the podcast at no extra cost to you. You can also give yourself a gift, uh, probably to welcome 2022 from the Nike Southeast Asian online store and support the podcast all in one go. Yes, sir. All you got to do is use our affiliate link for that. It is podlink.co slash 2J8. Podlink.co slash the number 2, the letter J, and the number 8. And again, what you buy will help us do what we do here in the podcast. And now, another break to hear from our other podcasts on Podcast Network Asia. Hi, mga macho at sexy chismosa. Ako nga pala si Mokoy, ang inyong corporate slave. At ako nga pala si Ingo, ang inyong corporate lackey. Nabalitaan niyo na ba yung pinakabagong chismis? Nandito na kami ngayon sa Podcast Network Asia. Oo nga, kaya samahan niyo kami sa longest. Longest? Running. Ay, yung pinakamahaba? Comedy podcast sa buong Pilipinas. Di ba ba longest? Pinakamahaba. Oo, oh, man. Tayo yung pinakamahaba. Ang macho chismisa. Dahil lang tunay na macho, chismoso. Pag longest ba? Tayo rin yung pinakamatigas. Alright, let's start our countdown sa upper half of the list with number 9, Jordan Devlin, who holds the distinction of being the longest reigning cruiserweight champion because you know, COVID happened and they had to have two simultaneous championships. So why is Devlin only at number 9? Well, because the other guys are pretty and are pretty important as well. But uh, Jordan Devlin is only at number 9 because yeah, COVID happened and he could not have defended the championship as much. But uh, when he did do it, though, on NXT UK and NXT, it was pretty good. So they were must-see matches, uh, especially on NXT, where they get a lot of time to wrestle. So I can't say that he was a bad champion. Yung pinaka-naalala kong feud ni Devlin was probably with Trent Seven, when Trent Seven actually had to cut weight and make the 205 limit, which cut I weight. thought was... A- uh, yeah, yeah, cut weight. <laughs> which, which I thought was actually pretty fun. I, uh, I, I'm sure you followed that then on UK, diba? Yep, yep. Uh, it was pretty cool. And I guess that's where the whole uh, heavyweight contender uh, started uh, as a trend. Oh, so you Rowan, just... did you ever follow NXT UK? Actually, I don't I tend to forget this title reign ever happened. But one thing that I liked about him is that he claims that he is the legitimate NXT Cruiserweight Champion. Well, he is. He was. Yeah. And then Santos Escobar is just parading around with the replica yeah. title. 
Yeah, if you yeah. follow linearity, that's uh, actually how it works, diba? And that that's how I got invested with the storyline. Pumutok ako lagi sa NXT that time. Yun, yun. So, uh, tawag dito, um, si Santos Escobar at the time was like Sammy Guevara now, like an interim champion. We'll talk about uh, Santos Escobar later. He's further down the list. But first, at number eight, my guy, Drew Gulak. Why is he only at number eight? Well, because uh, they ruined him. But um, it took him so long to become the Cruiserweight Champion. It took him a major rework, a major overhaul. And then once they had that, they carried him all the way to the main roster on SmackDown. So it was kind of like an Angel Garza thing. When Once he uh, reinvented himself, uh, they pretty much got him because he did deserve a main roster spot. And he still deserves it now, um, no matter what he's doing now. So I think it could have been great as well had it been allowed to play out longer. Yeah, I will say that. Sorry, go, sorry. go, go, go. So I, I do just want to say that Drew Gulak is the very epitome of good hand wrestling. He does whatever the company necessitates uh, him to do. They need a trainer for Sasha Banks. He's that guy. They need a guy to fill out the 24-7 championship. He's that guy. They need somebody to make the, the cruiserweight division look badass. He's that guy. So, he wears a lot of hats, not just in front of the camera, but also behind the scenes. And to see him win that title when he did, uh, and it's to see him wrestle against Daniel Bryan in that one card that they did, was just also a very good moment for Drew Gulag. And I can't help but be happy for him. It's the main time that he was doing the PowerPoint presentations. Tapos na yung making the 205 live better gimmick uh, and yung safe, safe and sound feet on the ground thing. Uh, he's doing the, ano, I will make Drew Gulak even better gimmick. But he's focusing on himself now, hindi na sa show. Yeah, it was a super serious Drew Gulak. As I said kanina, it was the second coming of Neville. And it was really good because he pretty much reinvented himself to fill the void that Neville left when he when he left the company. Mm-hmm. So uh, he parang made himself a main event talent in 205 Live. Which is great. All right, yeah. uh, let's go to number seven on the list. Uh, Kalisto, he was Cruiserweight Champion. Then, ito, this is a reign I actually forgot. Yeah, I almost forgot it as well. It wasn't that long, I believe, but it was notable because Kalisto was already a big star at the time. Uh, he was already on the main roster. Then they shipped him back to 205 Live, which I believe he didn't really like. But it was a needed... Um, it was a needed reign because the cruiserweight championship needed someone recognizable in that spot. Ito rin yung opportunity niya which uh, led to the Lucha House Party, diba? Because at the time, Lindsay and Grand Metalik were both on 205 Live. Yeah. Yes. Right. So I, I guess we don't get the Lucha House Party if we didn't have Kalisto being cruiserweight champion. Any uh, a- Anything that you remember from this particular reign, Rowan or Chino? Oh, I do. Uh, th- this title reign only happened because merong in implement na no contact loss which means walang nobody from the cruiserweight division can touch Enzo Amore or they'll get suspended or probably fired so si Kalisto who just signed sa kanya lang na implement na hindi siya pwede uh, sa kanya lang na implement na pwede niya itouch si Enzo Amore and thus he won the cruiserweight title right okay i think i vaguely remember this i think Braun Strowman got involved in diba because That's Braun true. and Kalisto were not part of the cruiserweight division, so sila lang yung maka, uh, maka physical contact with Enzo. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm beginning to remember now. 
I'm go, Chino. Anything you remember? I'm just glad we got to see Kalisto do good lucha things. Uh, <laughs> uh, apart from that, I don't really remember much. But yeah, good All right. lucha things. Good lucha things. All right. On our top six, let's talk about Santos Escobar. This was a pretty decent reign, actually. Yes. Uh, so when when Jordan Devlin took the NXT Cruiserweight Championship to the UK and could not defend it because there was no NXT UK at the time, they had to step in and make an interim champion, which was Santos Escobar. And you and I, we know him well as King Cuerno from Lucha yeah. Underground. Yes. And he was pretty deserving, right? So... They made the most out of it. They had they had a uh, best of the super juniors tournament on NXT. They Drake Maverick came back. Yeah, yeah that storyline. Yeah, and they just made it legit. So it was like the first or the first step to making the cruiserweight championship a legit main event championship, I believe. But uh, you know, Santos Escobar wasn't a main, a main eventer just yet. But he was pretty up there, and he was pretty well regarded from the from outside WWE. So I like this run a lot. They did a lot with it, and it was of the appropriate length. Ikaw Rowan, were you familiar with Santos Escobar's pre WWE work? So did uh, and and if not, did you believe that? Yeah, ano may may hype nga behind this guy, and I can see this guy carrying the division. Oh, uh, hindi ko napansin. And actually, last night ko lang nalaman na he's actually King Cuerno from Lucha Underground. Now you know. Yep. <laughs> uh, I really hated him when he won the Cruiserweight title instead of Drake Maverick. Na, nalungkot ako for Drake Maverick, pero eventually he got signed back naman eh. Pero what I hope is by next or by this year, uh, Legado del Fantasma would carry all the gold. Yeah, okay. uh, th- I think that's pretty possible. You know, uh, Santos Escobar actually looks believable with the heavyweights, and I think that's uh, you know basically because of how he looks. Um, there, there was a, there were times na I was wondering two o five mga pa talaga si Santos Escobar because he doesn't look like he's someone two o five and under. Yeah, he's a uh, larger, he, he's a larger yeah. luchador. I, I feel he like he I, did look pretty huge in Lucha Underground, which I can't blame you if you didn't think. He was 205, but he was, he is pretty short, like relatively short. So that could, you know, lessen the weight a little bit. So, man, Sorry, listen, what? if we're going to talk about weight cuts right now, we might as well just talk about Buddy Murphy. I don't care what number he's on. <laughs> yeah. The man is not 205 pounds. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. <laughs> he's, he's pretty up there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we have he, to give him the appropriate respect because he's uh, top, uh, top echelon of, of, of this uh, list. Okay, number five, Leo Rush. Why is Leo Rush this far up the list? Because he's good. He is really, really good. Uh, he, I know maraming issue kay Leo Rush. He is really fickle and finicky and whimsical. And, you know, he retires left and right. But he is really, really good. He deserved that championship. And he was the true embodiment of cruiserweight wrestling. As we know it, as we know it from the ruthless aggression era, um, he is more like a Rey Mysterio than a lot of the, the a lot of the guys who were cruiserweights, uh, with the exception of the Luchadors. He was just really, really fast. He brought that speed. He really um, embodied that distinction of cruiserweight wrestling from heavyweight wrestling, and it was a good thing that they put the championship on him so early. What I loved about this run was this came after he managed Lashley, diba? 
and after they'd split uh, on Monday Night Raw, parang nawala si Leo Rush. So it was really surprising that he came back so strong that he you know got a championship agad, and that was a cruiserweight championship, which I felt at the time sobrang bagay sa kanya because of all the reasons you said. Uh, what did you guys think, Rowan or Chino, when Leo Rush became the cruiserweight champion? Sa akin, I feel like when he became champion, they gave him his teeth back because when he was Bobby Lashley's manager, felt like he was just that annoying guy that was there, right? right. This was around the same time where they started giving everybody a cruiserweight. Like they were their sidekicks or some shit. Right? Drake Maverick became the manager of AOP and then Leo Rush came. So it, it didn't make the crew, it didn't help the credibility of the cruiserweights of making them their own brand. Right? So when they took that away from Bobby Lashley and they split Leo and Bobby up and made Leo Rush the cruiserweight champion, it showed us that Leo Rush can actually go. Right? He's not just there to flip around and say Bobby Lashley in that annoying way that he does. <laughs> diba? so, Lashley! It's not he actually has some in-ring skill and we saw that for the time that he was on his cruiserweight run. Ikaw, Rowan, uh, your thoughts on the Leo Rush title run? I think he really deserved it. Uh, he's the very definition of what a cruiserweight should be. High-flying and faster than 5G action. Um, sana lang humaba, sana humaba yung title reign niya. And can you imagine what his match would be with Reggie? <laughs> I mean, but Reggie wasn't left, there yet. He left now because I, can't, I actually can't remember why he left. He got released because there was a backstage issue. Because Leo Rush always uh, carries No, I think I him. remember why. Yeah. I think it was a personnel issue with him. He was butting heads with a lot of Yeah, yeah, exactly. The that issue. So. Doesn't want to carry the, the water bottle. Yeah, like it was, that was just one issue. But I don't think that was the root of the, of the release. I think it was just a lot of compounded things with his attitude and whatnot. Yeah, uh, I, I, uh, we, you know, we, we don't know everything. All we know is you know whatever gets reported yeah. online and whatever people share uh, in their respective interviews. Right, top four, Enzo Amore. About time <laughs> that we talked about Enzo Amore, two-time NXT Cruiserweight Champion. I, I know a lot of people would have expected this to be like the very bottom. I say it's Enzo Amore, and he's not really what you think of when you think of wrestler and champion, right? Um But and a huge butt, he put the biggest spotlight on the cruiserweight division. No matter what you felt about him, he was a star who came over from Raw, and his gift of gab elevated the cruise, the, the status of the cruiserweight championship, despite the fact that he wasn't as good as the other guys in, in the ring. So no matter what you felt, he is undeniably important, and I know a lot of people are going to complain about this spot on the, on the ranking list. Yeah, I remember this very well. I 100% agree. Now, even at the time we were talking about it, uh, I was actually pro Enzo Amore in the cruiserweight division at the time because uh, um, Enzo was the biggest name compared to everybody else. And because of the credibility he had with fans, regardless of his alignment, I thought it was a great decision to put him in the division and make him the champion because even the meta heat was heat. Ah, uh, that's right. That's right. 
I, I will begrudgingly agree with both of you and say that it was good <laughs> for the division. Ang sa akin lang kasi, I actually bought the t-shirts. Diba? I, I have the Enzo and Big Cass Funko <laughs> diba? in my room. So pag nakikita ko siya, I look at it and I just realize all the bad decisions that you make as a, as a person. I'm <laughs> flashing back to you. So now, now whenever I see me, my, my picture of me in that t-shirt, I go, ah, Chino, you wasted your money. <laughs> Ah, uh, Chino, go make a track on World Star. Yeah. Uh, Rowan, what did you think of Enzo Amore as cruiserweight champion? Uh, ako di ko nagusto yung reign niya, cause parang gumulo yung storyline. Like, uh, he roasted everyone. Remember that episode of Row where he roasted every single cruiserweight? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember that. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Then, then the next few weeks, mag friends na sila nila Drew Gulak, nila uh, Dabari. Right. Uh, yes. Yes. I remember this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, they're they're aligned with him, and then the only good thing about this reign is meron tumutok sa two o five live kahit papano. Yeah. Yeah. Which was uh, the wanna, point, de ba? So mission accomplished. Yeah. Uh, sayang lang that uh, his title reign ended prematurely because of the you know uh, sexual assault allegations. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember now. I remember now. Right. Yes, that that happened, and that led to Enzo Mori quickly leaving the WWE. Then so there. All right, Chino, let's talk about your boy, Buddy Murphy, now known as Buddy Matthews, obviously, in uh, New Japan. Bakit mo sobrang nagustuhan si Buddy Murphy, Chino? Look, the only thing, I, like, I'm not taking anything away from him as a wrestler, man. He's very, very good in what, in what he does. All I'm saying is, kung 205 siya, then 305 <laughs> lang ako. <laughs> this is Dude, that was a great storyline. I actually <laughs> liked it. Sino ba yun ko yun, ha? Yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, I feel like wrestling still has to be believable. And if you want me to believe that you're 205 pounds, at least you can do is cut some weight. Don't be, don't stay jacked all throughout. Drop water weight down or something. You know, look smaller at least. Instead of being so gayot that entire run. Because it's not believable for me no, no, to be fair, I think wrestling and sports in general have actually uh, skewed our perception of what is a certain what is a certain weight and what is actually a certain weight, diba? And uh, it says here that he's built at a little over two hundred five. He's at two thirteen now, and at five eleven, I could kind of uh, no, I could kind of believe it, but Chino's probably right in saying that he's not under strictly under two hundred five, which is the main right. But, and, you know, despite the fact that he was a work 205 pounds, he was still pretty good. And he was still one of the best wrestlers that they had in that division. And they made the most of his run. He had a monster run. He was like um, the third coming of Pac, I believe, uh, the third coming of Neville after Drew Gulak. And if he was a bigger name, he would have put the division on the map. But... um, he was still Buddy Murphy, the guy from NXT who was once a NXT tag team champion. And Alexa Bliss was still the bigger star out of those three guys, out of those three people. So he would he wasn't just he was he just wasn't higher on this list because he wasn't as big a star as uh people wanted him to be. 
I will say this about Buddy Murphy though. I'd like to think that his main roster career uh, turned out way better than I thought it would you oh. know, for someone who came from 205 Live. Right? I mean, uh, I guess he got a good spot on SmackDown and Raw. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, uh, there's, there's that. But he was in prominent know. spots on the main roster. And then Joa is 18 years old. Where is he? 19. Na ba? <laughs> 19. <laughs> I'd like to think that Buddy Murphy's ceiling was actually pretty mm-hmm. high, at least relative yeah. to everyone else on the 205 Live rosters. He was close to being a Mysterio, so that there's that. Yeah. <laughs> almost there. Almost uh, there. Rowan, your That's thoughts cool. on Buddy Murphy almost a Mysterio? <laughs> actually, I, I want to give my thoughts about him. Uh, I, I liked him uh, before he even joined 205 Live, before he even... Actually, ngayon ko lang nalaman na he's not actually a cruiserweight. I liked him back because when... you believe you believe you that believe that he was a cruiserweight. Okay. Believe. Well, to be fair, I believe too because they made the effort of showing us. Okay, uh, I made weight and I'm actually standing on a weighing scale. I mean, because and... if you put him next to a real cruiserweight, let's say a Tony Nese, I've seen pictures of, or matches of them together. Alatang mas malaki si Bobby Murphy. Eh. Yeah, diba? that's true. So he's five eleven. <laughs> yeah. But I, I liked him when he was tagging with Wesley Blake nung, when they were the dubstep cowboys. Uh, right. Yeah, but as a cruiserweight. <laughs> as a cruiserweight, I, I liked him as well. Uh, uh, I, I love his yung finisher, niya, yung Murphy's Law. It's like the spinning some Japan. <laughs> yeah. Japan, Japan, yeah. He's, he, stole, he stole it from the NJPW guys. What's <laughs> I mean, everybody still move from anybody else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pentagon does do made in Japan. Yeah. But but Buddy Buddy Murphy specifically stole from NJPW guys. He stole the Kamigoya. He stole. Yes, the, that's true. The made in Japan. Yeah, he, he does steal a lot from New Japan. I which, mean, I guess which, it worked out. Nah, Japan. Oh, Japan, exactly. Yeah. Dubai. It makes sense now. See, he does NJPWP US. Yeah. So good for him. Good yeah. for Buddy Matthews. All right. Top two. I can't believe we've gone this long without even mentioning this man's name. Cedric Alexander is at number two. Yes, so he is pretty high up because when he won the championship, everyone wanted him to win the championship. Right? Yeah. This was against the number one guy uh, on this list. So he won the championship from the number one guy. No, no, no. He won it uh, from the vacancy. Uh-huh. WrestleMania, right? There was a tournament. Ah, he yeah, and yeah. Mustafa Ali were yes. in the finals right. at WrestleMania. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry, you're right. But because the number one guy left, yes, that, that, yes. that was the reason for the vacancy. Yes, yes so yes. Uh, there was a huge tournament, and I love that tournament because who doesn't love tournaments, right? That was a great and tournament. He it was really the organic push that he had since day one, since the cruiserweight classic. So Cedric Alexander was um, uh, a pillar of 205 Live, and they finally recognized that and they gave him a pretty good uh, championship run to boot. I remember Cedric's run being a feel-good moment of that uh, tournament. Because throughout that entire, not that Mustafa Ali didn't deserve it, or Mustafa Ali didn't deserve it, but Cedric Alexander was all was the always the bridesmaid, never the bride type of situation during his entire up until that point. He's always just been number one contender. Never really had an actual shot at the title, and then I personally expected him to not to win, And I like that rivalry he had with Mustafa Ali, where they were calling each other the heart and soul yes, of two hundred five yes. land uh, because it yes. I think your heart see Cedric, right? Then soul, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, but it's bad, but it's bad. 
Adi was okay. a heart. Anyway, so he whichever had, he way it court. was, it epitomized the, the division for what it was. Right? Just a group of smaller guys putting on a show in the midst of these of this roster full of monsters. Right? So for me, it put a shining light on that division at that time. And when you saw somebody like Cedric Alexander, whose story from the Cruiserweight Championship or the Cruiserweight Classic was one of an underdog's tale, right? when Triple H would walk out and shake his hand and welcome him to the WWE at that point in time. At that point in time, it, it, it reached the, the peak of his run as a cruiserweight wrestler. Yeah, I really love this run because uh, it's the time that I was actually watching 205 Live semi-regularly. And when Cedric won, he actually was presented as a fighting champion. Like he, you, you could tell he was the guy on 205 Live. And it took Super Showdown in, I think, Melbourne or, or yeah, Sydney Melbourne, uh... for him to lose it to Buddy Murphy. So that tells you everything you need to know about the Cedric Alexander title run. You got Rowan, did you have any thoughts about Cedric Alexander from his time in the Cruiserweight division? You know, sobrang galing ni Cedric Alexander nung Cruiserweight Classic pa lang that when he lost at uh, ano quarterfinals second when he, round I think yeah when he lost there was a public clamor that he should be signed kaya parang dum pa lang I, I, I was like following this guy and I, I love I love when he uh, he's doing that elbow thing he looks like he legitimately knocked out his opponent right alright so there and then sa, sa hurt business Yun lang yung sayang na run, sayang na run niya. It's kind of good, pero when he left, eh. Okay. I mean, he's on the main roster, and he's still so, in WWE, so yeah. you know. That's still he's still making thing. that money, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And main okay. roster money is still probably bigger than, uh, I don't know, 205 live money? I don't know. Nag-assume uh, yeah, dito, so I, I, I wouldn't know. All right, let's talk about the number one cruiserweight champion on our list, and that is the king of the cruiserweights, Neville. So I think this is undisputed, naman, given um, the the role reversal when Neville turned heel, grew out his beard, uh, was such an angry troll. Na talagang uh, th- this character had no redeeming qualities. Yeah, but uh, he was pretty good though, and that was as main event as you can get in Two Hundred Five Live. So, talagang napakagaling, napaka believable. They booked him really strong. They did yeah. not let up at all. And that's why I can't tell you any more reasons why he is the number one cruiserweight champion in the modern era. I fell in love with the Rings of Saturn as a submission move because of Neville. Uh, and and I, I really enjoyed every time he would uh, put a beating on somebody, then just finish them off with that uh, with that submission move to the point that I remember telling Ro privately, uh, you know, back back when we were still in the pre-pandemic days, that if I were a wrestler, I'd probably want the Rings of Saturn as my submission move because of Neville. Like that's how much I loved it, and that's because of that run talaga in the division. I'm gonna throw it to Rowan here. Uh, d- did you like this King of the Cruiserweights character for Neville? Yeah, absolutely. I was finding this uh, char- character development. Like, uh, nakakasawa kasi yung babyface run niya as like, this mighty mouse guy. Pero when he turned heel, sobrang tumutok ako sa 205 Live. And when he won the Cruiserweight Championship, sobrang na-enjoy ko yung run niya. Yeah, he actually had two runs, but we mentioned this earlier. And I, I guess if you don't want to count that six-day run that Akira Tozawa had, it would be like one really long run for Neville back in his King of the Cruiserweights phase. Igao Chino, what do you remember about Neville as the heel cruiserweight champion of 205 Live? 
if you would look, uh, if you're going to look at Neville's career, a lot of people might say that this was a demotion for him. Because he was already NXT champion. Right? He had a very successful NXT run. Former NXT tag team champion. And he championed siya, Went up to the main roster and then disappeared. And now he's all of a sudden, he's a cruiserweight. So parang, kung, if, if you're an insightful mind, isipin mo baka demotion to for him or a lateral move at the very least. But not for Neville. Because Neville took the idea of being a cruiserweight and elevated it, right? And, and, and said that, if you put I might as well be the best at it. And I might as well act like I'm better than everybody, right? And I might be putting a little bit too much weight he, on his character here. But I felt like that's what went into his mind during this run. Because he was very dominant as a cruiserweight wrestler, let alone a cruiserweight champion. And I... And I can't help but agree with everybody here and say that he is the most significant cruiserweight champion out of the current era of cruiserweights. Uh, speaking of weight, I will say that we probably don't get this version of Pac without Neville being the king of the cruiserweights. And my favorite thing about it is him being really petty and just billing himself as weighing in at 206 pounds. <laughs> Pero, um, it, speaking of that, uh, speaking of uh, the whole 206 pounds thing, it has to be noted that Neville didn't like his spot as just the cruiserweight champion, even though he was booked really, really strong. Um, a, lot of, a lot of the guys, say, or some of the guys, don't view 205 Live as a prime spot. And it's understandable why. Because it's come, it's after, uh, you know, after two hours of SmackDown, it's the afterthought of the entire WWE block or programming every week. And I know, uh, I believe reading somewhere that Neville wanted to be a bigger star. He wanted to be a bigger star on Raw. And that just didn't happen. So uh, that's why he is being petty about the whole 205. I mean, when you, and, and this is coming from my brother, who, so hindi lang siya yung nagsabi, but you can read online. When you watch a WWE live event here in the US, you watch SmackDown. And and then you watch another uh, main event or whatever, right. and then yeah, yeah, yeah. you yes, only right, get right. to two oh five. So that's right. four hours of wrestling. Right. But the time four hours because I was I was there, so I, I can corroborate what what your <laughs> brother said. After the SmackDown main event, next you see we mga tao. So so when when I was watching SmackDown after Mania, nakaangat pa ako na ilang rows to the front because people started leaving. Yeah, so, so by the time it was two oh five live, like half na lang ng arena. So yeah, kawawa yung cruiserweights talaga because they weren't given enough of a, of a spotlight. But Neville was one of those guys that said, hey, fuck it. If you're going to put me here, I might as well be good at it. Diba? Do a good job. Yeah, and alam niya yung self-worth niya, kaya he walked out in the WWE. He could have been a great intercontinental champion kaso na-injured siya that time and Zack Ryder won instead. Pero now that he's doing well in AEW, would you say he's doing well in AEW? I don't know. I hope sooner or later he becomes a world champion. Right. And he could. Right. I, I think he could. Because I think of all the cruiserweight champions that we've had, he is the most likely. Because again, he, he doesn't really look like the part. Um, he looks bigger than 205, as uh, Stan already brought up. So he's got that look. He's got that pedigree to become a main event talent. It's just a matter of a company pulling the trigger and being solidly behind him. 
Right, so that's our list of the best NXT Cruiserweight Champions from the modern era. Do you agree, disagree, think that some spots uh, should be reversed or people should swap places? Let us know. Keep the conversation going online. It is at Wrestling2XPod on Twitter and on TikTok. Or if you want to participate in the comment section on Facebook and Instagram, it is at Wrestling Wrestling Pod. Don't forget to follow the podcast as well on Spotify and to subscribe and to give us a five-star rating. Those sweet five-star ratings go a long way towards helping the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast as well. All right, coming up on the pod, we've got our usual live streams. Uh, Thursday nights at 7pm over on Kumu at Wrestling Wrestling Pod and on the Facebook page as well and in a couple of weeks we'll be having our Royal Rumble Predictions episode and we're going to be bringing in a special guest we'll tell you more about that next week once we get our schedules lined up Uh, but that should be really exciting for everybody who loves to talk about the Royal Rumble until then though you can talk to us individually about wrestling in case shy kayo hit us up it is at Monday Night Rowan for the SHIT it is N-I-T-E on Twitter N-I-G-H-T on Instagram at Chino Supersized, at Roiswar, and at underscore Stan C for me. On that note, on behalf of the entire Wrestling Wrestling Podcast crew, thank you so much for joining us for another audio-only episode. Thank you to Babyface producer Gel and the rest of the PNA team. Don't forget to mask up, stay safe, stay indoors unless you absolutely have to go out, and don't forget to vote in five months. Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, out. Bye-bye. Peace. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. 